Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hello and welcome back into a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride with MileHighSports.com. You can find all of our content on the Denver Nuggets over at MileHighSports.com under that Nuggets icon you'll see in the top right corner. In addition to getting all the Nuggets content from MileHighSports.com, you can also jump over to my Twitter page at TJ McBride NBA where I share injury updates, my thoughts on the team, where they're currently at, some statistical analysis, as well as all of the different articles and podcasts that I produce. So we're going to dive in late, I might add, because technology has not been nice to me, about the Nuggets win over the Raptors 95 to 86. Overall, this is one of the Nuggets' best wins of the year, not because of how banged up each team was or that the Raptors were who they were playing, but because of the way the Nuggets did win this game. So I want to get into how the Nuggets were able to battle back from 13 points down at the very end of the third quarter. I want to talk about how Jamal Murray carried the Nuggets home and to a win in the fourth quarter. Um, I want to talk about Nikola Jokic stepping up when the Nuggets need it the most and the numbers that he's produced since Gary Harris and Paul Millsap have gone down. And then I'm going to dive into some Twitter questions from listeners and fans as well. Um, and then I'll, oh yeah, and then I'll also get into the rest of the, of the December schedule for the Nuggets and look at what the Nuggets could do with the rest of their games as I usually do that to end the podcast. Um, before I do all that, though, let me give you a quick word from our sponsors. Uh, Terrapin Care Station is the main sponsor of the show, and then the music you hear in this podcast is from the Regulators Production Group. You can find them over on Instagram. Um, go follow Rod Simba on Instagram. That's R-O-D-S-Y-M-B-A. He will be able to hook you up with any beats that you may be needing at any given time, and you can hear those beats on the intro and outro of this podcast. But let me give you a quick word from Terrapin Care Station before we dive into the rest of the pod. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. All right, so 
So, without a doubt, the first thing I want to get into is how the Nuggets were able to battle back from being down 70 to 57 with just under four minutes remaining in the third quarter. So that's a 13-point deficit to a depleted Raptors team, but still a Raptors team that has Kawhi Leonard and other very good players, and they're still the Eastern Conference leading team. Uh, so that is a very difficult hill to climb for a Nuggets team that was just as, if not more, depleted than the Raptors were. So... From that point, from the 355 point of the third quarter when the Nuggets trailed by 13, from that point forward, the Nuggets were able to outscore Toronto 38-16. to That's a 22-point disparity. Um, and so in that stretch, Toronto only shot 17.9% from the field. That's 5 of 28 from the field, and they were an atrocious 1 of 17 from 3. Yes, the Nuggets offense was good enough to get them over the hump. The Nuggets scored 38 points points in that 15-ish minute stretch, more like 19 minutes, um, which is fine. It's not amazing. It's not great, but it is a good number, and they shot just fine, but it was their defense that allowed them to win this game. I mean, the only player who was able to produce anything at this point in time, at this point in the game, I should say, was Kawhi Leonard. Outside of him, nobody was able to get it going. I mean, OG Ananobi was one of nine from the field in that stretch from the 355 point of the third quarter until the end of the game. The Nuggets played suffocating defense at, uh, from that point forward, and it continually uh, leans into the fact that this Nuggets team, regardless of personnel, is relying on their defense to win them games and there have been multiple people now it's been Michael Malone and I believe it was Paul Millsap and Mason Plumley who have said this defense is not because of our players it is not because of the personnel it's based off the scheme that they have been able to play at such a high level defensively and when Gary Harris and Paul Millsap both went down I had very little faith that that defense would be able to continue to play at an elite level they may not be an elite level since losing both Gary Harris and Paul Millsap, but they're still in the top third of teams in defensive efficiency without the two of them. And again, that comes down to them buying into the defensive scheme and giving great amounts of effort defensively. So even though they're missing their two best defenders, the Nuggets are flying around on defense. Nikola Jokic is still giving tons of effort. And because of that, the Nuggets held the Raptors to their season low in scoring. 86 points was all they were able to muster in this game. And again, only 16 points in the last 19 minutes of the game. That is just phenomenal defense from this Nuggets team. And for them to do it so shorthanded and without their two best defensive players, it's just a staggering thing to look at. And it all has to do with Michael Malone instilling defensive confidence in his entire roster that they are able to produce regardless of circumstances regarding personnel. And that is such an, that's a big revelation for this Nuggets team. If they can defend anywhere near near this level, you know, considering how depleted they are, that puts them up in the upper echelon of teams just because they're willing to play high-level defense regardless, and that is exactly what we saw. Um, offensively, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic combined for 25 of Denver's 38 points over that 19-minute stretch. They shot a combined 10 of 13 from the field, and they really carried the Nuggets home. I mean, we'll talk more about Nikola Jokic a little bit later, but I want to jump into Jamal Murray's fourth quarter now, because 
because in that 12-minute stretch that Jamal Murray played, he was able to somehow score 15 of the Nuggets, 27 points in the fourth quarter, and he single-handedly outscored the Raptors team by himself 15-14. to The Raptors only scored 14 points in that fourth quarter. Jamal Murray had 15. Um, and it wasn't just that Jamal Murray got hot. He was hitting shots from all over the floor. He hit um, he was 4-4 four four inside the three-point line. He had two mid-range jumpers. He had a baseline jumper. He had a layup at the rim. He went 2-3 of three from three-point land. He was scoring in whatever way he felt he wanted to. And the majority of that production, it came at the very beginning of the fourth quarter, which is interesting because Michael Malone had the majority of the bench unit in at that time. So that in and of itself, was very impressive because Michael Malone, even though he was depleted and my, and Jamal Murray's been dealing with injuries and he needed his guys fresh to finish the game, he trusted Jamal Murray to play that entire fourth quarter and to go out there and to really produce at a high level with that bench unit when the Nuggets needed that bench unit to play well. That was the stretch in which the Nuggets got back into this game. It was the end of the third quarter and the very beginning of the fourth quarter. That is when Jamal Murray went absolutely bonkers and that's when the defense really dug in and started playing well. I love Jamal Murray with the bench unit. Everybody knows this if you followed my work in any capacity. Jamal Murray with that bench unit is just unconscious, and it happened again. And it, I mean, when he scores 15 of his 19 points in the fourth quarter with that bench unit, you're going to have a very, very good opportunity to come back and win that game. That's exactly what happened. He was great. I mean, again, absolutely great. And by the way, I've been saying 19 minutes. I don't know why. It was 16-minute stretch in which the Nuggets outscored the Raptors 38-16. to And in that 12-minute fourth quarter stretch, Jamal Murray was just, he was unconscious. He was lights out. He could do whatever he wanted offensively. And he was hitting shots, big shots, when the Nuggets needed it the most. Um, outside of that fourth quarter, though, Nikola Jokic was the one who really kept the Nuggets in this game. He ended up finishing the night with 26 points on 11 of 19 shooting, including nine rebounds and four assists and two steals. He was very good again, and he is assertive once again. His aggression level since Paul Millsap and Gary Harris went down, more so since Paul Millsap went down, has been really, really impressive. He's willing to take a lot more shots per game. He's willing to attack in ways that we have not seen him attack this season, and it's allowed the Nuggets to stay above ground when the, when, you know, being that they're missing three starters and six players. So, in just the second half alone, Nikola Jokic was 7 of 9 from the field, had 16 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 assists, and that's just in the 18 minutes in the second half. He really helped carry the Nuggets home late when they needed it, and that's been the theme. So, in the 7 games since Gary Harris has gone down, Nikola Jokic is averaging 21.7 points, 11 rebounds, 8.6 assists, and 1.9 steals a game on 51% shooting. In the 5 games since Paul Mills went down. Um, Nikola Jokic is averaging 23.4 points a game, 11.6 rebounds, and 6.4 assists to go with two steals on 51.2% from the field. So his field goal percentage has gone up a little bit, but his scoring average jumped up almost nearly two points per game, and he was just going after whoever was in front of him. He really did not care. It was great to see this version of Nikola Jokic the past few games because he is just, he knows that he cannot be stopped. He knows the Nuggets are missing scorers. 
numbers. So he has taken it upon himself to be that player. And without that, the Nuggets don't win these games that they have been winning. They have now won three straight games um, without Paul Millsap, Gary Harris, and uh, Will Barton in the starting lineup. And that's against the Memphis Grizzlies, Oklahoma City Thunder, and against um, the Toronto Raptors. In addition to that, over the last six home games of which the Nuggets have won, they've held all of their opponents under 100 points. And that's mostly without uh, Gary Harris as well, who I believe only played in one of those games. It's it's really impressive that the Nuggets have been able, or Nikola Jokic has been able to continue defending at a high level, and while being ultra-aggressive offensively, and he has been able to step up when the Nuggets have needed the most, and it's been incredibly impressive to watch. Before we jump into some Twitter questions and a look ahead to the rest of the Snuggets schedule in December, let me give you one more quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station because they're doing some really cool deals once again. And they it seems like they're always putting out these really cool deals. And again, they're going out of their way to create discounts for more people. So now they're going to be doing $69 and $39 half ounces, $20 Terrapins, and $5 cone joints um they're also doing 20 percent off all of their double bear concentrates as well definitely go check out terrapin care station for all of your cannabis goods they treat us over at mile high sports incredibly well and i could not say enough good things about what they have provided to the people of colorado all over the state they have multiple locations and definitely go check them out over at terrapincarestation.com I know this pod's a little bit of a shorter one, but because of the technology difficulties that I have been going through trying to get this pod up, I wanted to just kind of rush through and be able to get it out soon enough for all of the different people to be able to enjoy it, because I don't want this podcast to go out at like 7 p.m. when the Nuggets played yesterday. So I'm going to dive into just three quick Twitter questions that I wanted to get to before talking about the end of the Nuggets December schedule, because we are already 17 days into December and the holiday season is approaching very very quickly which means the Nuggets have very few games left in this uh, stretch so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes but Let's get into these Twitter questions real quick. Uh, Jordan on Twitter asked, does Jokic have the best MVP narrative this season? I love this question specifically because of that word narrative. He is not in the MVP conversation as of right now, in my opinion. He is not really... It would take a lot for him to climb into that conversation, but the narrative part is interesting because when's the last time an unathletic center who is a facilitator, who was a second round pick who nobody saw coming, had the potential to even be in the conversation for MVP? That's the narrative that makes me so happy, and that's why I do think that if Nikola Jokic is able to get himself into that MVP conversation, that the narrative would probably be the best narrative in the in basketball. And beyond just the personal part of the narrative, I think the other part of it is that Nikola Jokic has bought in so much defensively this year that he has allowed the Nuggets to take a big leap in that in, in that regard, and it's what has led to them being the best team in the Western Conference by record so far this season through 29 games. So I do think that the narrative, if he is able to get into that conversation, is a great narrative, and it's one that I cannot wait to see from here on out because it's definitely one of those things in which... 
it's going to surprise people who's even in the conversation because when you watch him, I mean, he's a lumbering, unathletic big man who just throws these incredible passes, but he's not a scorer. He's not overly aggressive. He's not the guy who's trying to get his necessarily, but he still has been as productive as almost anybody in the NBA this season in terms of making his team better. And I do think that's why the narrative would be so great. Um, Dev on Twitter, not Dev that works for My Life Sports, a different Dev. He asked what the Nuggets win ceiling is this season and the floor now that we're already 29 games in. I think for the Nuggets uh, ceiling in terms of wins, we're talking about a 56-win team right now. The Nuggets are on pace as a 20-9 and team to win 56 games this year. Um, I'm going to put the ceiling at that level because I don't think the Nuggets are going... I mean, if the Nuggets start approaching 60 wins as a team this year, I'm just going to have to eat my shoe for not, for not talking about how good this team could be potentially earlier in the year. Because if they're approaching 60 wins, this team has much higher aspiration for the next five years than anybody had any idea. So I'm going to put the win ceiling at like 56. Their floor is where it gets a lot more interesting because 29 games in, that means there's what, 53 more games left in the season. Let's just say the Nuggets go virtually uh, 500 at that point, which would put them at 27 more wins. That puts them at 47 wins um, by the end of the year, which I would put as their floor. I think the Nuggets are going to be way beyond that, but 47-48 wins, that's looking like their realistic floor after 29 games and that's incredibly impressive considering that that's about where Vegas had their over under in terms of win loss this season so that that's about where I see it 56 is a max 47 as a low for the Nuggets wins on the year uh FGZO on Twitter asked when Will and Gary come back who loses their spot Tori Wancho or Malik or would Denver bench Lyles and move Wancho to the floor and play Malik or Craig at backup small forward There's a lot to unpack here, so I don't want to go too long or start forcing it too far down everybody's throats, but I do think that if Trey Lyles continues to struggle in the way that he has, I do think Michael Malone would bench Trey Lyles first and then play Wancho Hernan Gomez at backup power forward and then go to a Tory or Malik platoon as the backup small forward. That's how I see things kind of playing out. Um, That's speculatory for me, but Lyles has been very, very rough for a long portion of the season now, and Wancho's three-point shooting has been shown to be one of the more valuable assets on this Nuggets team that's kind of under Herald. And I don't think that taking Torrey Craig's defense out of the lineup would be good. And I think Malik Beasley deserves the minutes he's been getting. So I don't, I'm with you. I, I do think that Trey Lyles would end up getting benched if things are as they are right now. Wancho moves the backup uh, power forward and then Malik and Torrey would split time as the backup small forward. Thank you for sending in questions. I love answering questions. I love um, interacting with fans in this way. Um, for the next rest of December, though, the Nuggets will be taking on the Mavericks on December 18th, which will be probably the morning you're listening to this podcast or the day after. Um, they will then have three full days off before traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Clippers before having another three days off Um just to be able to travel to San Antonio to take on the Spurs. So that means the Nuggets only have two games in their next eight days. That's a lot of rest for a team that needs it badly. After the Nuggets take on the Spurs the day after Christmas, they will have one more day off before taking on the Spurs once again, but back in Denver, and then taking on the Suns in Phoenix for a back-to-back. 
right now, it's looking like the Nuggets have an opportunity to go, what, one, two, three, maybe four and one in their last five games if everything breaks right. More likely three and two. I have a feeling they lose that Clippers game in LA, but they could pull it out. And then I bet you they lose one of the Spurs games. When you have a home and home like that and you play a team, the same team twice in a row, it is incredibly rare for a team to sweep that. So almost always it's a one team gets one win, the other gets the other. So I do imagine the Nuggets get the win in Denver and lose in San Antonio before eventually beating the Suns. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know this podcast came out way too late, but I appreciate you guys sticking with me. Definitely go um, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. This is the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Leave a review, leave a rating, uh, send me a comment. Definitely jump into my Twitter DMs as well, at TJ McBride NBA for any feedback you may have. My email is also in my Twitter bio if you have anybody or you personally want to um, be... Uh, let's just say a partnering sponsor with the podcast and you feel like reaching out to kind of gauge interest on what it would be like if you wanted to sponsor the show but overall thank you guys so much for interacting and being a part of this process with me it's been a very fun nugget season and i will be back soon with some more podcasts for you Geico presents oh, yet another voicemail from your roommate. Hi! So, about the kitchen. Turns out, when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. <laughs> Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here, and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Geico presents, yikes, another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.